This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. I'm Professor Richard Gershon from the University of Mississippi School of Law, host of In Legal Terms. If you're enjoying this podcast, I encourage you to listen to In Legal Terms, the show about you and your rights. We find interesting legal topics to bring to you and let you know how the law affects you. Find In Legal Terms on any podcasting platform on your smart device or on our website, inlegalterms.mpbonline.org. Good morning. What's going on? It's time for Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio with Jeremy Thompson. I'm Jay White. Thanks so much for listening this morning. If you want to get in on this here conversation about consumer technology and your nonstop fight or love affair with it, you can email us everydaytech at mpbonline.org. Plenty to get into as always. And uh, Jeremy, good morning. How's it going? Is it cold? Is it cool in Hattiesburg? I won't say cold. I'm not going to be crazy. But is it cool down in Hattiesburg today? Hey, good morning, Jay. Uh, yeah, it's it's pretty cold, man. I'll, I'll go with cold. Yeah. It was definitely cold this morning. A um, little bit warmer now. I was uh, shuffling around in my house. I was like, oh, I'm going to layer up today because it's pretty cold. And I was shuffling around in my house, and I was just sweating profusely. And I was like, why am I wearing all this? I haven't even <laughs> left the house yet. Yeah, so, it's, that, it's, that, uh, it's that classic couple of times in the year where in the morning it's freezing cold and by the afternoon it's back to normal in mississippi which is warm so it's like that time where you get in the car in the morning and the ac is on and you're like what no stop and you turn that off and you turn the heat on and you blast in the heat till you get to work and then you turn it off and you don't think about it and then you get back out at the end of the day you get back in that car and it's hot outside and the sun is shining high and you turn your car on, and the heat starts blasting. You're, Wait a minute, stop that, stop that. You turn it back on the AC. And it's like, dude, I don't, I don't know what to do with you, your car says, or something like it's that. It's an endless struggle. It is, it is. But it's, that, it's, it's our 20 minutes of fall slash spring, where it's not too cold, it's not too warm, it's just right. about right. Well, what's been going on at the, the shop the last week or so, man? Uh, so I've been staying pretty busy. Um, I have uh, replaced a few MacBook screens on some 2020 MacBook Pros, and I've uh, been doing a little assistance with Office and always doing upgrades and SSDs. Love those. <clears throat> but uh, I wanted to talk about a, uh, a thing that was happening in my bedroom. Um, my wife, she likes to set like 15 alarms <laughs> via Alexa. <laughs> And so she'll go through and she'll say, you know, Alexa, set an alarm for six o'clock. Alexa, set an alarm for six oh five. And she's done this for a very long time. And I'm like, uh, sweetie, you know, you can set up a routine and she'll just wake you up at that time every day. You don't have to do this. And she's like, well, sometimes I want to get up later. I'm like, OK, I get your logic. But literally every morning you come in here and you set an alarm from six o'clock to six thirty. You never get up. This thing goes off constantly. So she's also got her iPhone, and you have an iPhone, Jay, so you know that the alarms are not very inviting. In fact, they're very alarming, most of them. Yes, uh, yes. They kind of shake you from a sound sleep, like, get up, get up, something's happening. Whereas Android's like, hey, wake up. <laughs> it's the morning. You know, and so I deal with this every morning. But That may lately, be a skewed representation of that, but I'll, I'll allow it. I'm, well, I'm messing uh, with actually, <laughs> I'm messing with you. There's a video out there 
there's a video out there. I think it's a TikTok or something. I don't <laughs> like mentioning that. But anyways, uh, this guy's comparing the iPhone alarms to the Android alarms, and like the iPhone ones are like the like a nuclear launch is going off. There's a bunch of red lights flashing and stuff. Bah, bah, and that one. Nice song playing. Yeah, it's yeah. So anyway, she does this every night, and uh, recently Alexa has become a lot more annoying than she used to be. And I don't think I'm alone in feeling this because she she wants to suggest a lot of things, and so now. Poor Lisa should be setting her alarm. Alexa set an alarm for six o'clock, and Alexa will go, "Would you like to know the weather tomorrow?" Oh, and then you tell her no, and then she says, "Alexa set an alarm for six o five and then Alexa says, "Would you like to know the weather tomorrow?" <laughs> and so after every single one of these, she asks that question, and I'm sitting here watching this, just kind of laughing, like this is absurd. How how did they even program this thing to do that? I know she's not the only one who sets multiple alarms, and I know she's not the only one being asked if she'd like to know the weather tomorrow. So I started digging in her Alexa app, and I went into, I don't know, some setting and tried to turn off suggestions, and I rebooted it, and that night it went away. But then the next day, it came back. (laughs) So I don't know if it took a little while for the setting to take place or if Amazon figured out that there was a bit of a, uh, let's call it a glitch. There was a bit of a glitch out there. Mm -hmm. So after a little while more of this, she finally quit doing it. And there's another thing that Alexa likes to do where she will start. So you'll ask her something uh, like, you know, turn off the light or whatever. And she'll be like, by the way, would you like for me to notify you when such and such is back in stock? And you're like, uh, no, I want the light turned off. I'm trying to go to sleep. I don't <laughs> care. So you can actually tell Alexa to stop by the way, and she will stop suggesting those things. Whoa, bringing that's pretty her back cool. To her, yeah, bringing her back to her 2016, 2017 persona where she didn't really do anything unless you asked her to, yeah. which is the Alexa I like. I don't know about you guys. Um, I don't, I've never really, I've never really worked talking to my, having conversation back and forth with my phone into my workflow. I just, I punch buttons. I've never, because I don't know, maybe I have too much of a Southern drawl or I don't know, maybe I'm talking too fast or whatever, but Alexa and Google's assistant always has trouble hearing what I'm trying to say. I don't know. It it, it can't. It, it never can figure out what I'm trying to do. So, so I'm like, so I'm like, I'll, I'll just do it is, myself. You know. Uh, right. And so I'm kind I, of the I same have, way. Like I, I have that laundry list of alarms that's literally like six or seven in a row, spaced out in fifteen right. minute intervals or or ten or sometimes five. Five, I find not worth it. <laughs> that's, that's, I can't go to sleep well enough between those two. <laughs> anyway, so I've spaced my laziness out a little bit wider. So, yeah, but I just I manually set those. So it's like my so, 14-year-old uh, son that says, Dad, I have 27 alarms on my phone. I'm like, yeah, me too. Is is your wife lying next to you going, Jay, Jay? It can happen. It can happen. When I've, when I've uh, silenced about six out of those ten, yeah. It starts to drag on other folks. Yeah, yeah, it does. <laughs> and uh, I've talked with Lisa about this extensively. So I've gotten it to where she now starts the alarms at 630. But it took a lot to get to that point. 
So I have decided that I'm going to play a prank on my wife because she's so sleepy in the mornings that sometimes she's telling Alexa to turn the alarm off when it's the alarm on her iPhone. And I have to be like, baby, that's your iPhone. Other one. So, so what I'm going to do is put a Bluetooth speaker up under the bed. Oh, no. And I'm going to vary between the two alarms that she has set on her iPhone and her Alexa. And she's not going to be able to turn it off because it's just going to be playing from a speaker. Yeah. This is what I need to do with my kids because they need help getting up. They have 13 alarms on their phone and somehow still find a way to sleep through all that. And I'm like, wait a minute, what? How's that even possible? I'll let you know if I'm still a married man after uh, <laughs> after I pull this prank on my wife. But um, I expect that she'll laugh about it after she wakes up. She is not a morning person, so she won't think it's humorous at first. Right. That's funny. I'm not either, so I, I'm, I'm with her. All right, let's take our first call today in Hattiesburg. We've got Rolani on the phone. What's going on? Good morning, Rolani. How are you? Good morning. I just want to know if Jeremy is going to be in his office this afternoon. So I can bring right. my yes, ma'am. I'll be here. You can send me a text, or you can give me a call. Okay. All right then. Thank you. All right. All right. She's bringing an iPad by, so there you go. <laughs> so um, I did want to mention Jay. Uh, it's kind of a big day for me. Uh, this is my sixth year with MPB. Uh, I know. I, uh, have to, I have to look back in my email and see, like, back in 2016 when I emailed Sharita. I always know it's, like, the middle of October. But, like, literally, I was looking at my email from 2016, and it said, October 18th, notes for tomorrow's show. Uh-huh. So, like, my sixth year falls on October 19th when I started. I thought that was pretty cool. And it has been amazing to be a part of this show. Uh, Sharita told me that I probably wouldn't last six months because most experts, they get disenchanted after that time or they get tired of answering the same questions. And I don't remember what my response was, but I just had a feeling that I was going to last a lot longer than six months because I love technology. I mean, my whole mission with my company is to bridge the gap between people and technology. So to have a show where we do that every Wednesday for people all around and all around the world, even, which is, I mean, like, wow, that that's like the mind blower right there. When they told us that we were like being listened to in Italy and Germany and Canada, it was like, what? This is a show in Mississippi. Really? Absolutely. So cool yeah. That our reach goes that wide. I and mean, I've been able to help so many people just by getting on here and talking about different things and they've never called in or never emailed. And that's okay. I know that my contribution is bigger than I ever imagined it can be. It has been such a huge blessing and such a huge gift to be able to do this show. And I am looking forward to continuing to do it for many years. Well, congratulations. And uh, I love you being a part of the show. It would be terrible without you here because it would be going, uh, hang on, let me look for it. And uh, no one wants to hear that. Uh, it, it'd probably be funny for about 10 minutes and it'd be like, boy, it's the same. It plays out the same with every call. Boy, that's going to get old fast. But uh, no, you've been a, a fantastic addition to the show. And that's surprisingly, um, what's what's the word uh, that that 
warning shot that uh, that Rita gave you. That's surprisingly pessimistic from her. She's like super upbeat and, you know, she's super funny and happy and, yeah. you know, all this kind of stuff. And she's like, hey, you're going to be done with this by six months. I'm just letting you know now. You probably you probably ain't going to want this, but we're going to let you try anyway. I was like, whoa, did Sharita have a bad day? <laughs> That's funny. But uh, no, it, it is when, you know, we have MPB has had a tremendous run of fortune with the experts that we've had because our experts don't really get paid anything. It's volunteer work. And so, you know, it's, it's, you know, for the experts that we've had across the shows to stay stay as long as most of them all have, uh, it's, it's remarkable. And uh, it, it shows how much fun the interaction is. And I'm sure for you, Jeremy, it's cool because a lot of times you kind of get these scattershot problems that come at you and it, it, it allows you to kind of think outside of what the box normally is for you there in the shop. It definitely keeps me on my toes because there's always some call that comes through that makes me feel like I have imposter syndrome. Like, should I be doing this? Should I be the guy answering these questions? But uh, I, I like a challenge, and um, I, I I just enjoy being able to, to assist people with so many things other than printers. There you go, other than printers. And uh, <laughs> HP laptops, right? Yeah, well, you know, I still get a, a whole lot of those. So. Right. Well, I was going to say, well, maybe those things keep you in business to some certain extent. All right. There's plenty of tech news to get into, including, hey, if we all pile it in on that same Netflix account together, they may be paying attention now, which is unfortunate. Why now? I don't know. But we'll talk a little bit about that. And there's plenty more of news to get into. Hey, if you listen to the show, you don't catch all of it. Maybe you jumped in late, missed something, want to hear part of a conversation that you got into the middle of again. Uh, search Everyday Tech wherever you get your podcast. Google Play, iTunes Store, all the rest of them. They're great. Uh, tons of great podcast app. I don't know why we have to go through the rigmarole explaining how podcasts work to everybody every time we tell you, you download a podcast. But that seems to still be the uh, the mode of operation across the board. Just whatever you do, podcasts, just search Everyday Tech. It'll be in there somewhere. Probably two or three of them. But uh, click the one with the PBS head as a logo. It's weird. You'll know what I'm talking about when you get there. All right. Um, Jeremy, we've got a call from Mobile. Dave wants to talk about GPS advice. Dave, thanks for calling. Good morning. What's going on? Good morning. Um, for quite some time, um, we have been using you know, GPS on our cell phones and have mixed feelings about it um, primarily because of, you know, the size of the screen. Uh, and uh, not always in areas where the information is up to date. And I'm looking at purchasing uh, a Garmin, and I've had them in the past, been very satisfied. So thoughts on, say, um, using cell phone as far as GPS versus Garmin, and even um, the uh, GPS uh, that you get with a vehicle. Okay. So I'll be straight up with you. I have not used a standalone GPS system in quite some time, so I'm sure that they're being built on Android now, which means they have a better way of upgrading. That is an assumption. Uh, But the GPSs that I knew – had to be hooked up to the computer to be updated. I found them to be incredibly cumbersome because they could not be updated quickly enough. 
I hope that that problem has been remedied, but I don't have any firsthand experience with it. So if anybody listening does, please call and let us know. Um, having said that, if you are using uh, iPhone or Android? Uh, both. Okay. So you've kind of tested them all, and none of them really fit your needs, and you need something with a bigger screen. Then I would definitely go with the uh, the external GPS unit. Um, you know, just make sure that you test it out really good before your return period ends. That way, if it doesn't fit your needs, you can always take it back and try something else sure. out. Um, as far as vehicular GPS systems goes, um, again, the issue is with updates and keeping those maps up to date, which a lot of times you have to take them back to the manufacturer or you have to connect them to your home Wi-Fi or some other way to go about updating them. Some of them can even be done with like a USB flash drive. So updating can be pretty cumbersome for vehicles. That is my least preferred method, but again, I don't have any firsthand experience with it. My wife has one in her car, seems to work pretty good, but we still seem to use the GPS on our phones more than we do the one in the center console. Okay. Uh, now, uh, we are headed out on a trip. We're going to be driving through Atlanta. No. Uh, wow. Mm-hmm. And using... Uh, something as small as a cell phone where you've got multiple lanes, uh, you know, want to see view ahead, what have you. Uh, mm-hmm. The cell phone just seems to be, uh, you know, too small to really watch you know, which lane to be in, traffic, uh, you know, what have you. Okay. So, um I mean, you could look at an Android device with a bigger screen or go with an, an, ex, an external unit. It sounds like an external unit is going to be the better way to go for you because you just want a bigger screen and more control over what you're, uh, what kind of info you're receiving. Yeah, uh, yeah. price-wise, you, know, price you can get into a Garmin for $100 on down. I'm sure you could pay on up to probably 150 or 200 for one of those size screens. As Jeremy mentioned, if, if somebody's got a tablet around there, like an iPad or, you know, a, a, a Samsung or any kind of Android tablet, um, that's something that you could use. Uh, just get on to, you know, make somebody's uh, wireless signal shareable on their phone, and then that's how you get that, you know, get your signal over there to that tablet, and then just use the GPS on that tablet. That is an option that you have. It's a bigger you screen. Can also, you can also connect well, to Wi-Fi. I- and download the maps. That way you don't have to have a data connection. Of course, that won't give you traffic updates, of course. Correct, correct. Because I've got an iPad Pro, uh, which would be you know uh, almost too large. Yeah, a huge screen. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that would be yes. tough to mount in your car. <laughs> yeah, I watch one side and life watches the other. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the hell guys all right dave we appreciate sure. it yeah in atlanta that's uh that's a fun city to drive i guess i'll that's say a that way place to drive man that eight lane interstate yeah i mean I, I like driving and i like a challenge but that one that one's nerve-wracking man people go like 90 miles an hour minimum on that thing yes they do uh, atlanta is uh atlanta can be cumbersome to drive uh it seems like i wind up in dallas more than any other major city and dallas is fun to drive uh, I know the last time that I, I wound up driving back 
from Dallas. And it was in the middle of a day during a work day. But man, it just seemed like everybody wanted to get in the left lane and go 70. <laughs> and after, after having to not go as fast as I wanted to go for about three hours, or a little bit past Shreveport, I guess. Well, that's not quite three hours. But anyway, it seemed like three hours because I was going 60 the whole way. I, I, <laughs> I had a tension headache, and I, we had to stop the car, and I was like, wife, you're driving. Or she said, do you want me to drive? I was like, yes. Normally, I always say, no, 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 I got it. But this time, I was like, yes, right. please. So Absolutely. I, I, get, I get Dave's, uh, I guess, apprehension for going and driving in Atlanta, especially because places like Atlanta and Dallas, like, Every time I go to Dallas, they're building more interstate or they're building more overpasses. I'm like, from what to where? What? How do you need more? You can't get from everywhere from everywhere else here now already. But you know, now, now you got all these express lanes. And now and like I said, the last time I went through there, I learned the hard way uh, to check on the do you want the fastest way or do you want the one the one with all the tolls? Do you not want tolls? And uh you know, express lanes and all that kind of stuff. Because in Dallas, hey, look, you can get from here to there in about two and a half minutes if you want to pay about $85 in express lane tolls. It's just all, it depends <laughs> on what you want to do, right? And these express yeah. lanes, they're, they're single lane bridges that are about 90, 100, 200 feet up off the ground. You're way over everything. And you're like, oh, my goodness. I can't look to the side uh, or I'm going to die of fear. Just driving right off this thing. Anyway, all right. That had nothing to do with anything. But GPS, I've, that's another thing. You talked about Alexa. GPS is a thing I never really got into before it was something that's just incorporated like everything else into what all your cell phone can do. Of course, now I use it a lot. I love to use Waze um, because they're cool with telling me where um, hot spots may be. Yeah. Waze is good about that. And hey, there's, a, there's a stick on the side of the road up here. Yeah. There's that stick. Right. Well, I mean, they're really good about telling you when you need to slow down. And that's the best way oh, I could yeah. I could put that. But like you know, Google and um, and uh, Apple, their maps. Apple, of course, like everything, the UI is so slick, right? And it's so easy to use. They're so good at that. They make everything so easy. But just something about the ways being able to tell you, hey, champ, slow down about point four miles ahead. And tell us what's going and on. Waze, Waze also lets you like share your location with people. Like you can say, "Hey, I'm headed to you. I'll be there in this time," and yeah. you, know, you can watch me drive too if you want, which is kind of cool. Absolutely, like with uh, all the uh, food delivery apps now. Uh, I say now; it's been a thing for a while. But being able to see where your food is and like watch it coming toward you in real time—that's that's fantastic. Oh, he's around the I corner. He's about two turns from here. Can he get here now? Just hold on, man. He's like two minutes from here. Be cool. Can we meet him? Can we drive towards him? That way he'll be here in less time. Right. Absolutely. All right, Jeremy, here we go. We all knew it was coming. The next phase of Netflix's month-long crackdown, months-long, I should say, way longer than a month, multiple months-long crackdown on password sharing, which itself follows the company's first quarterly subscriber loss in a decade is soon to be upon us. So this was announced uh, during the the company's quarterly earnings call yesterday. It's going to charge customers an added monthly fee to people who share their login credentials beginning in early 2023. 
The move huh. is an expansion, <laughs> right? Exactly. Huh. The move is an, an expansion. Added monthly fee. Right. It's an expansion of a pilot program currently running in Latin America, which charges extra fees for quote unquote extra user sub accounts. Users outside of your immediate household who use your login to access the service. Basically, every listing on the who's watching screen is going to cost you extra money if they don't also Dude. live with you. Okay, first off, Uh-oh. how do you prove that? How do you prove that, Netflix? Come Did on. you guys really think this through when you when you came up with this genius plan? I mean, I'm going to tell you right now, I have an office that I go to that I have a, a, a streaming device. I have a Chromecast here. I watch Netflix. I watch Hulu. I watch HBO Max. So you're telling me that I'm going to have to pay more even though it's me here in mm-hmm. my office watching on my account? And then I go home and I watch from a different account. I'm going to have to pay for that. that. That's interesting because if you have a Jeremy uh, setting in your account, or not setting, but what's that? What am I talking? Like a sub account. If you have a Jeremy sub account. I have a shop and I have a Jeremy because I used to have a TV in my lobby and I used to give the customers the remote and go, here you go, watch something while we fix your phone. Ah, well, I think. Regardless of where you watch, if you're watching Jeremy's sub account, probably be good. But that shop account, you might have to pay for that now. See, I don't that's know. Silly man, that is okay. All right, so I want to know if I stream my Jeremy account here and at my home, are they going to be like, oh, well, you couldn't be watching it in two places? Okay, so I like to leave the TV on for my dogs. Am I going to have to pay for that too, Netflix? Right. Wow. This is uh, that's ridiculous. Well, the new, I, I want to know how they're are they cracking down on this by IP address? Does a, it say that's a good question. The news comes as Netflix attempts to return to growth and settle investors after confirming it lost subscribers earlier this year. And with the help from uh, uh, the Jeffrey Dahmer story and season four of Stranger Things, the company was able to add more than two point four million subscribers in its third quarter. Netflix has not – it's amazing that 2.4 million people didn't already – there's that many people left in the world that didn't have some sort of access to – anyway. Netflix has not yet announced pricing for the punitive charges, though if they follow the pilots, the pilot program's one-quarter of the basic rate scheme, it should work out to around 3 to $4 U.S. dollars. For folks wanting to avoid those fees, Netflix unveiled on Monday an account migration tool – that will transfer a user's sub-account data, viewing history, recommendations, and the like, to their new independent subscription. In addition, the company recently announced a less expensive ad-supported tier that will cost $7 a month when it launches on November 3rd. The new tier will be available in a dozen countries, including the UK, Canada, and Mexico, by November the 10th. Here's what companies don't understand. If you're going to play ads, I'm not paying for it. Uh-oh. Boss, if you want to yeah, charge me money, take your ads and go throw them in the garbage can. But if you want to play some ads, I'll let you play ads. You can play ads. I'm cool with ads. I understand this is advertising. This is how business works. But if you're going to play some ads, I ain't paying for this, boss, because you already are. Nope. Right. I'm already paying your revenue by watching your ads. Right. I'm not paying you to send me oh, ads. You're, you're paying them That's twice. I mean, you're you're paying them for a subscription, and then they're also getting your data and selling that on to somebody else. So they're making money off you twice, and you don't even get commission, which is my whole thing. If you're going to sell my data, just, wagering, just give me a cut, man. I just want to cut. It's my I'm wagering they make more off of somebody who's watching the ad base than they do off of the paid customers. 
That's a good question. That's a good question. I, I mean, with the amount of data they harvest and the amount of ads they send out, I, it's, it's got to be pretty close. Yeah. I mean, that's why I'm like, hey, I'll pay the extra, you know, $3 to, to not watch ads because I refuse. I mean, like, I remember I was sitting watching cable TV one time and I was like, I pay like $100 a month to watch ads half the time this stupid box is in my house. I'm mm -hmm. done with this. And I've taken back so much of my life from not watching ads. I don't even remember the last time I saw a commercial. Heard a commercial on our last break, but saw a commercial? Yeah. It's been a while. Now, hey, wait a minute. That's underwriting when you're talking about public broadcasting now. And that's totally <laughs> different. You can't have uh, music. It can't be longer than 15 seconds. No action verbs. Anyway. Um, no action verbs? Yeah, no. Yeah. A anyway, well, it, it's kind of an inside joke, but... Uh, no, but it's it's interesting, and we're about to go to the phones. Well, that person just hung up, uh, but I think we got another call coming in. So uh, what's interesting is when they say that they're introducing a way to migrate accounts, There's a in the story that I'm reading, there's a link off to a story about that in itself. And it's mm. so funny how it's written from a different perspective, from the same in Gadget, the same website, is the day before they announced that they're cracking down on the codes. It's like with... Without the knowledge of that coming, it's like, ooh, Netflix moochers can finally transfer their profile to a new account, right? It's all, it's all happy <laughs> and fun and games. Uh, it's making it easier to boot moochers out of your account while still letting them hang on to their viewing preferences. <laughs> so when you get fed up of an ex continuing to use your account, you can send them on their way with their recommendations, viewing history, save titles and all. Game saves, Funny, subtitle appearances. History. Right. Gotta go. Right. So it's it's I guess it's all perspective, right? I mean, we were just talking about how terrible this is and how dumb it is, but at the same time, I guess maybe if you're if you're stuck with uh, an X, or as it was in my case at one point, it's uh, uh, my kid's mom's new husband got on there somehow or another because they took our stuff down to down to the house down there and logged in, <laughs> so. Old boy was like, all right, go. all right, we got Netflix. Let's go. So, yeah, <laughs> we had to be like, who is, th what is this? And what, anyway, that's neither here nor there also. Let's go to the phone. We emailed you a link so you can get your recommendations off of our account. You got to go, man. Right. We can't have you mooching on our Netflix. Right. We're going to start charging us for you. Absolutely. All right. Man, I'm not paying for him. I, was, I already pay enough. I was thinking about it, Jay. Like, how, if Netflix, I don't even know how much it is a month now, like what, $15 a month or so? I think it's going up. Yeah. But like, they've constantly been doing this, and there is no incentive for anyone to keep their subscription. So, like, you know, after they've watched Stranger Things season four, they just cancel their subscription until next year when season five comes out. So it's it's almost like, the whole streaming thing has become like an amusement park and we just take our tickets around to whatever one we want to ride on. And then, you know, we get off and we pull our money out. It's Absolutely. not sustainable and they're not incentivizing the people that have stayed. Uh, Come on. What's the word? I'm looking for? Loyal with loyal memberships. They're not incentivizing anybody to hold on to those memberships because they keep up in the prices and, it doesn't matter if you're an existing member or a new member, you're going to pay the same price. Now, Jeremy, so you're making no me reason. think about when I was a kid and I used to watch the Sports Illustrated commercial come on Sports Center in the morning and be like, hey, 
you subscribe to Sports Illustrated now, we're going to send you the Cowboys helmet phone. And I'm like, well, but I'm already subscribed to Sports Illustrated. I can I can have a Cowboys helmet phone. I don't even like the Cowboys, but I, can I have a helmet phone to put in my room, please? I don't even have a phone jack. I just want a helmet phone. And they're like, nah, you've been a loyal, on-time paying subscriber for, you know, 13 years, Mr. White, my dad, in that case. So no football phone for you. So wait a minute. If I canceled my account and changed my name from James to Bob and resubscribed, then I can have Cowboys helmet phone? Yes, yes, you can. Sports Illustrated, ladies and gentlemen. See, that? there's no... There's no incentive for anybody to hold on to their subscription. And it's kind of silly because they're like, oh, well, we got all these people from the Dahmer movie and the Stranger Things. Yeah, what's going to happen when they're done watching those shows? We're going to do what me and Lisa do with Paramount+. Plus. We cancel it Uh (laughs) next year when the shows we want to watch come back on because there's no reason to keep it around. I hear you. Absolutely. Well, Well, you know, and look, there's... They had to do some math, and they probably have focus groups because they got number money. And they probably, I mean, number one, they're trying to save face because it's the first time in a decade that they've lost subscribers. So they're probably like, hmm, this math isn't working for us right now. So is it worth kicking that beehive of splitting up accounts and, you know, making people pay for all of the different people that they have on an account? Is it worth it? And at some point... Somebody in the math department said, yeah, I think it's worth it. The numbers look good enough, guys. Yeah. We're going to go with it. We've been talking about this for about 10 minutes. We've had two people call and hang up while we've been talking about this. So, And and look, I was trying to find a way to get into these phone calls, but, you know, we were just, we were frustrated about this, evidently. So here's what what we'll do. Those two people that call, call us right back and allow me to shut up talking, and then we'll take calls. Except for if the calls don't come, then we'll talk more about what we're mad about. You can email us everydaytech at mpbonline.org. All right, let's go straight to the phones. I've promised it. And let's do it. Lisa is in Mobile. Lisa, thanks for calling. What's going on? Hi, I was just calling about the Netflix thing. My understanding is that if the accounts are due, you won't have to pay extra. It's just for people that are letting people that say live in another state that aren't that closely related to them friends, distant relatives, and stuff to use it, those are the ones that are going to charge more or the people have to get their own account. How does it know that, though? Unless, unless the account's oh. named Uncle Bill. Like, how do they, how do they know? <laughs> yeah. How do they know? Where's Uncle Bill lives in the house? Yeah. I just don't, like, how are they splitting that up? Like, is, is there a judge? Like, do they have, like, Netflix district ne- court? Netflix and there are guys court. like, Uncle Bill does not count. He is off the account. He's paying more, you know? I don't know. I mean, I, the jury has I mean, spoken. They, I mean, they can tell where the signal's coming from, right? Yeah, if they're separate IPs, and that's what Jeremy was talking about earlier. Yeah. I just I, I want to imagine a world where there is a Netflix district court somewhere in their corporate building well, somewhere. Um, I don't know about and my other comment was that, yeah, you, you, there's just one thing you want to watch. I guess you can just watch that and cancel it and then restart it, but... The thing I like about Netflix is that I can find things that I never knew I wanted to watch, and they're on there. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. There's a lot of content to be had. My argument is that if they're talking about these two shows that have like brought them so many million subscribers, what's their plan to keep them? Like, hey, we got other stuff like Dumber, so you can watch that instead. 
or did you just come here for Dahmer? I mean, like they're kind of banking on something. They're, they're betting on it is what they're doing. And I mean, the numbers look good for them, but I, I think this nickel and diamond people over the accounts thing is going it, it, to, it's going to blow up in their face. Well, it may because, and I'll tell you the truth, I didn't watch either one of those shows and I'm not going to. Yeah. I watch other things. Word. Right. I have a Netflix account and I will not watch either one of those. Yeah. I haven't seen Stranger Things. But I'm a, I'm a weird consumer because, like, I'm like, I don't like negative stuff or scary stuff. I'm like, if I want to get scared or see negative stuff, I'll just, like, log on Twitter or go outside, uh, you know, wake or up. You yeah. Or you can just breathe in it. <laughs> right. Right. So, yeah, I, I like to watch fun stuff if I'm going to watch anything. Yeah. I do, too. That's why I don't watch sports as much as I used to because all the negativity. Well, anyway. Yeah, so just like fun. All right, Lisa, we appreciate it. All right, thanks, bye. Yeah, Netflix. Very interesting. The show's been mostly about Netflix today. I didn't necessarily know it was going to go in that order. It's also Jeremy's sixth anniversary here on Everyday Tech, which makes me think I should go back and see exactly how long the show has been on because I can't tell you that. And I probably, as the host of the show, I should probably be able to tell you that. Well, uh, I, I think um, Ashley Jeffcoat had made it right at three years, so the show should be like almost not. It should be like nine years old. Okay, so we gotta we gotta start. I see Jerry in the other room. She's planning a decade blowout for at some point. At it's some, just for Jeremy, not not for you, Jay. It'll be a great visual <laughs> for Thank the radio. You. All right, how about this? Lyft's app now lets you reserve and pay for parking. So it uh, lets drivers search, reserve, and pay for parking spot on the app, according to the San Francisco Chronicle. It's partnered with parking company Spot Hero to offer the service, promising guaranteed parking, uh, quick find locations, and transparent pricing. The company will offer the service in select locations, including San Francisco, but Lyft didn't list any other regions. Cool. But Spot Hero is available in 300 U.S. and Canadian cities in 47 states and provinces. Uh, All Lyft says in its FAQ is that you need to tap the steering wheel icon in your app to see if parking is available near you. And it has a uh, a picture in this article of, uh, you know, a map with a bunch of, you know, your your regular parking icons, a big blue circle with a P in the middle. So there you go. And they're all over the map here. So example pricing. I mean, like, what does a parking spot cost? And do they like charge you for how long you sit at it? Or is it a flat rate? And do they say anything about, like, rate surges when everybody needs a parking space? Um, well, to use the feature, you'll need to add your vehicle license plate and other details. If you tap on the parking icon, it shows the locations of various spots on a map, including the closest one. From there, you just hit Reserve Now, and you'll see the final price before you tap Reserve and Pay. It then shows the details, including your car license plate, facility info, and more. It is an odd tie-up. Using Lyft means... You don't need to worry about parking. Still, a lot of people have Lyft on their phones, so it's more convenient than downloading yet another parking app to go with yeah. your Lyft app. At the same time, it's likely a big boost to Spot Hero and a new source of revenue for Lyft, which that didn't answer your question. Uh, but parking, I don't know. It can be, you know, probably between 10 or $20, depending on if there's a big, like if you're at a concert and parking is at a premium, I'm sure it'll right. be more. But I mean, I'm just looking at, uh, this example picture they have is in Chicago, 
and it probably shows 10 or 15 spots within the map that's on this little phone screen here, and it's they're all between 9 and $17. So um, are the ones closer to the front of the store or venue or whatever they cost the most? They're like Ticketmastering parking spaces now? Uh, yes, yes, but that's not new. Uh, if, if you've gotten parking apps and you've tried to you know park in big cities like New Orleans, downtown close to French Quarter and all that kind of stuff, then... You know, parking, especially in a place like New Orleans. Can, pretty penny. Yeah, it can be ridiculous. And, uh, yeah, there's a premium for places that are closer to the big things. I mean, you're closer to get to French Quarter, Bourbon Street, all that kind of stuff. You're going to pay more. The further away from that stuff, it's going to be a little bit less. And that's that's the way it, it typically is. But, I don't know, it might almost be like uh, uh, DoorDash or something like that where, you know, higher reserves or – not reserves, that's not the right word. Higher premiums are paid for uh, different, when uh, I guess the network is more stressed out and there are less people to do the job and it's harder to find them. So you got to pay a little bit more of a premium to do that. So I don't know. It's probably, they've got some sort of logistical thing they work out and they'll tell it to us one day, maybe. One day. Meta is going to have to sell Giphy, Jiffy. How about that? G-I-P-H-Y. <laughs> so the UK's Competition and Markets Authority, the CMA, has ordered Meta to sell Jiffy after it lost its battle at the Competition Appeal Tribunal. The Competition Appeal Tribunal. That sounds like something happens on Survivor. Uh, while the CMA reviewed the decision in July after the tribunal sided with Meta on one issue, sharing sensitive third-party information, it found that the deal could still hurt competition by limiting rivals' access to Jiffy GIFs, requiring unfavorable terms and reducing digital advertising choices. Meta bought Jiffy back in May of 2020 at an unofficial estimated price of $400 million. A collection of GIFs, indexed and usable, has a value of $400 million. The company hoped the purchase would improve finding GIFs, stickers, and Instagram's stories and direct messaging, while the firm maintained that Jiffy would be, quote, only, or excuse me, openly available to others. And it is. The CMA launched an investigation a month later and determined in August that year that the buyout would harm competition in social media and advertising. Meta rejected those claims and appealed the November 2021 order to sell Jiffy, arguing that the improvements would ultimately offer, quote, more choices for everybody. So, man, how about that? I'm curious, like how I don't even know how I can't call it Jiffy, man. I just I can't because I've always called them gifts. How does Jiffy make money? Uh, like what's their i'm looking at their website right now i've got a pop-up blocker on but i mean like i'm just curious like what's the what's the big argument here and like is this really a huge loss for meta well i think the 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 argument and of course i think i I think jiffy or giffy or whatever you call it like anything else they collect data and they sell data that's how they that's how they make money and uh, especially tied in with facebook because that's more data right and uh, we know what yeah, Facebook does with all their data. But um, I, I think that's how they make their money. So uh, I guess they make enough money. I mean, obviously, the company was sold for $400 million. GIFs, man, $400 million. Anyway, the company was sold for wow. $400, million, $400 million, So there's a market for GIFs, a competitive market 
for this, money to be made, and I guess the Competition Apparel Appeal Tribunal thinks that Jiffy going in with Facebook uh, is, I guess, too good of a deal, and it, and it busts out competition. Even though, like, I can use Jiffy in Facebook, but I also have the app, so I can use it outside of it. And, right, it's and, embedded in a lot of, like, keyboards and texting yeah, apps. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely it is. So... I don't know if it's I don't know if it's the being with Facebook that necessarily makes this an uncompetitive playing field. I think Jiffy's just done a really good job of infiltrating how cell phones work, and they've had a, they've had a, a really good uh, strategic plan for how to get themselves out there. They've they've hit a home run with this. And I never uh, realized how lucrative it was. Uh, send some animated pictures back and forth in a text. Right. I thought it was just to make people laugh. <laughs> right. Absolutely. But I uh, mean, I said that this is the way uh, GIF like a bajillion. Oh my God, I said GIF. Right. You, you did GIF. it to me, Jay. I'm no. sorry. I'm <laughs> sorry. Wow. All right. That's going to do it for us today. Thank you so much, Jeremy. Thanks for uh, the callers who called in today, including the two that I ran my mouth and didn't get to. We apologize. Hey, find this show wherever you get your podcast. We'll be back next Wednesday at 10 for Everyday Tech right here on Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Oh, 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 o